Hey guys, good night. Good evening. Good night. Uh, how are you guys doing? Well, thank you. I'm doing okay. Okay, great. So, welcome to another episode of STEMI Conversations. STEMI Conversations was a, is a podcast that was founded with the main aim of introducing or educating youths about different careers within the fields of STEM and ICT. It was founded by myself, Bradley Downer, Kenita Roberts, and Stephanie Simon. Tonight we have with us uh, Ms. Jordan Conway. She, she was Miss World in 2019, Miss World again in 2019. Uh, also, she uh, she graduated with a bachelor's in chemistry, a uh, minor in biology, and she recently finished her postgraduate diploma in education at the University of Vienna. She is a lecturer at the New Amsterdam Technical Institute, a tutor and lab demonstrator at the University of Guyana, and she founded the STEM Girls Glow Initiative. She was the past president of the Rotaract Club of New Amsterdam. So, good night, Jordan. Welcome to Stanley Conversations. Good evening. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And thank you also for accepting our invitation. You're welcome. So, uh, we, like I said before, we launched this podcast with the aim of educating young people in different careers or different paths that they can follow within this field. So we hope that you, the knowledge you share, would be able to inspire and educate us youth out there. So uh, could you tell us a bit about the career or your profession? Like what is it that you do and so forth? Sure, no problem. <laughs> okay, so I'm a lecturer by profession uh, at the New Amsterdam Technical Institute. I basically lecture within the science department where I focus on the chemistry courses. Uh, so that would involve physical chemistry, organic chemistry, um, metallurgy. Additionally, I lecture the math courses within that department as well for both first and second year. And as Mr. Downer would have mentioned, I also uh, tutor and do lab demonstrating at the University of Guyana. And it's basically in terms of NATI, it's basically, you know, uh, sharing the knowledge that I would have attained during my years of study with students who are taking similar paths in two years time or one year time. Uh, many of them are going to be venturing to maybe University of Guyana or maybe into um, nursing, uh, technical vocation further. Um, in the case of the University of Guyana, where I do lab, lab demonstrating or tutoring. So tutoring is self-explanatory. 
uh, basically helping the students the best way I can to ace their courses. If they have questions, definitely you assist them. Again, it's all about passing on the knowledge that I would have attained a few years back. Mm -hmm. Lab demonstrating, it's basically conducting labs. So instead of you doing theoretical courses as I do at NATI, it's whereby I do practical courses. So it's them actually applying their theoretical knowledge uh, to real life scenarios in the lab. But given the pandemic, we're all virtual. So we try to make it as real life as possible, as practical as possible uh, within uh, the confines of our home, basically. That's about it. Uh, it's not my, uh, what should I say, my dream career or profession, but it's where I am placed right now and I am giving it my all, definitely. Okay, thank you for the information. I, um, so how is it, how is STEMR actually integrated in what you do at the moment? It's virtual. It's everywhere. <laughs> Given that we are online uh, in terms, especially University of Ghana, it's fully online. So everything we have to do online in terms of grading, in terms of teaching, just like we are right now. We're using Zoom. That's how we deliver our lessons. That's how you deliver labs on a virtual platform. In the case, in the instance of you know, getting the lecturing materials or getting worksheets and so on to students, we would use uh, online platforms. For instance, in the case of University of Ghana, that would be Moodle. Yeah. You have to be knowledgeable of how to maneuver these, these various platforms. Uh, in the case of NATI, though it's not compulsory, within my department, within my courses, what I use... Uh, for my students, especially in the early stages of COVID, we would have had to resort to being at home. And so in addition to using Zoom to um, deliver my lessons, I had to make use of a virtual classroom, which is via um, Google Classroom. So, mm -hmm. you know, you place your lecture notes up there. You were able to communicate with the students virtually there through comments. You're able to uh, administer exams on there as well. So what, in terms of exams, I would use uh, Google Classroom and Edmodo. That's another uh, online platform for grading and so on, administering exams and these things. And so my knowledge of ICT, uh, STEM, particularly in the case of um, technology, that had to come in very handy in this time. And then, you know, I lecture courses that deals heavily with calculations. Now, how are we going to teach this on an online platform? And so what I would have done is the very device that we're all, we're very often using to scroll on social media or chat with friends, that came, that became my whiteboard really and truly. So. My, uh, my cell phone, it has, it comes with a pen or a stylus. And so 
it has that software, that app whereby you can use that to do your uh, mathematics, to do your chemistry calculations. And so I've been incorporating that into my lessons so as to make the entire experience to be as close as possible as to when we're in the classroom, right? Because calculations is very difficult to type. You know, you have to be able to mimic what we do on the whiteboard virtually. So kudos to ICT and STEM. I don't know where we would be right now, definitely, but at, the, at this point in time, that's basically in a nutshell how I've been using ICT uh, as well as STEM, particularly in the case of technology. Okay, yeah, that, that, okay. that, 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 uh, most of it, even for my, some of my classes that I do, most of them have been online, Google Classroom, you, and that's how you communicate and you get to do assignments, upload, and so forth. So, yes, that is how it's been done at the moment. So, Jordan, you did chemistry at UG. Uh, you also did a postgrad, I think, yes. What are some requirements to do these courses at UG? Uh, what did you have to do? What the amount of subjects, etc., etc.? All right. So for the chemistry, if my memory serves me correct, uh, for the chemistry, you had to have five CXT subjects, inclusive of maths and English, and I believe three science subjects, which can be biology, HSB, physics. I'm not certain if integrated science was included, uh, chemistry as well. So any of those you are able to enter with, uh, some persons tend to enter with CAPE courses as well, but I'm not too familiar in terms of the CAPE because that's not the basis that I entered on, okay. but I know that you can enter as well with your CAPE courses. Uh, in the case of the postgraduate diploma in education, you need your bachelor's degree. You need a bachelor's degree in order to enter that. And so once you successfully completed your bachelor's degree in whatever discipline, uh, you were able to uh, pursue your postgraduate diploma in education. Additionally, you have to be at uh, be stationed in some educational institution, depending on which concentration you're focused on. In my case, I was focused on higher education. So therefore, I had to be stationed in an institution that was of higher education, basically. And so in so doing, when it comes to your assessments and your projects and so on, it's true that institution, you are basically completing all of those assessments and projects. Thank you. So how has your journey been? What is it like? How, how is it? How is it? Is it fun? Is it boring? Is it stressful? How is it? In terms of, in terms of my profession? <laughs> uh, like a mixture of both, like your journey through UG and a bit in your profession. Okay, no problem. In terms of the University of Guyana, and I think my journey in terms of the chemistry would be more befitting this conversation. Uh, Okay, yeah, sure. In the, in the earlier years, which would be the associate, you know, 
just come out of high school, uh, experiencing that transition from, you know, uh, secondary learning to tertiary learning, that, that transition can be a bit tough. And it was tough for me. Uh, but I think for me, I had a, a, an awakening when my grades came. And so at that point in time, you know, you started realizing that it's no longer, you know, playing or it's really and truly you having to get down to the books, getting the work done. There's really and truly, you're not going to have somebody who is going to be, you know, running behind you because it's a tertiary institution. It's an adult institution. So you, you have to be on the ball. You have to get the work done. You have to do some research on your own, all right? to basically be successful in your classes because learning is not only limited to the classroom. You learn outside the confines of a classroom. You actually learn a whole lot more as well outside of a classroom. And so in my first two years of university, I had to realize that very quickly, else you would have been, I, at this point in time, I can safely say I would have been wasting time, wasting resources as well if I didn't get my act together. And so, I really and truly had my wake up call for university in, in the end of my first year. And so at that point, I started, you know, pushing in the studies, making sacrifices. Sacrifice is all a part of the journey. And everything that we do, you have to make sacrifices in one way or another. And so putting in, burning the, can, the, the midnight oil, as persons would often say, it pays off. It definitely pays off. And then in my third and fourth year, those were a lot of work. I think any university student can safely say that the last two years, especially the third year, is one of the most challenging ones. But once you keep the goal in mind, once you keep the reason why you're pursuing this area of study, I think despite the challenges that may come your way, you're still going to persevere. Yes, sometimes you're going to want to give up. Sometimes you're going to have, you're going to have bad grades. There's no growing away from that. Or you might not meet your expectations. That happened to me very often. But at the end of the day, you still have to keep going. My story might not be different from many other persons. All of us have experienced failure. All of us have experienced, you know, instances where we were not proud of our performances. We might have experienced lecturers who might have been difficult. It's no different. It's really and truly the same. So it would, I don't think I have to go into that. But what my takeaway was from that entire journey is that regardless of all of it, you still have to keep going because at the end of the day, you want this for yourself. Oh. And that's what I constantly try to, try to tell my students, uh, especially those, those at NATI, because I spend most of my time with them, you know, keep going, work hard, do not limit yourself to what you learn in the classroom. We are a generation that have resources at the, our very fingertips, very fingertips. There is YouTube, there is 
Google, Google, and so many websites to different persons from around the world who are teaching us the exact same things that our lecturers are teaching us. Some of them who may have different methods of teaching them. You have textbooks that are easy to download. So again, ICT coming into play again there. ICT has made our world so much simpler. Yes, it has its disadvantages. There's no running away from that, but we can't deny the positives that it brings. It makes our life a whole lot simpler. It makes studying a whole lot simpler as well. It makes your work a whole lot simpler because I mean, in terms of your Microsoft suite and all of these things, if we didn't have that, a lot of my work would have been difficult. A lot of uh, Bradley's work would have been difficult or even Ms. Roberts' work would have been difficult. So. We definitely have to thank ICT for a lot of it. They made my journey, my professional journey, and my uh, academic journey uh, a whole lot simpler. But in a nutshell, in terms of my journey, both career-wise and academic, we all have similar stories to share in terms of our hardships. But I've learned to not focus too much on those hardships. Regardless, you know, keep going. Look at the positives. ICT has placed many positives. STEM has placed many positives to make all of those journeys combined a whole lot simpler. Okay, Jordan, thank you. And that, that is actually factual. So now, Kenito would want to ask you some questions. Over to you, Kenito. Yes, Jordan. Um, I love how you were able to add advice into your journey for our audience, because that would have been my next question. And what advice would you give to an um, audience? So I love how you were able to integrate, you know, not just talking about your journey, but, you know, advice in person, you know, not all journeys would be the same and just keep going. Um, I wanted to know why is it that you would have used STEM um, at the Miss World um, venture and where did you found STEM girls? STEM girls glow. <laughs> As uh, in high school, I would have never, you would have never found me doing anything concerning science. Nothing. I wanted no part of science. I wanted nothing part of maths. Ironic, huh? <laughs> Look where I am now. But um, I wanted no part of it. I always thought that they were difficult. And that was even before trying. And sometimes when I did try and I didn't get it, I just gave up basically. Additionally, I didn't want to be perceived as a nerd, basically. Um, I just tried to, to run away from all of it. But I did, I've always loved dealing with computers, always always loved it. I loved programming. I loved uh, everything basically that I could have gotten my hands on in terms of uh, softwares for computers, not the hardware aspect at all. But um, after I got into when it was uh, my streaming off for, for food form, I had a particular teacher who encouraged me to join Science Stream. Though I constantly try to tell her no, but fast forward, I went into science stream and I found a love for chemistry 
biology was not my friend and physics definitely not was not my friend but I loved chemistry and I think most persons who probably would have followed my journey during this world they might know of the story behind why I fell in love with chemistry which is basically from a, a very colorful textbook that my dad would have gifted me uh, in high school and uh, being a, a visual learner that I am it made what I couldn't learn in the classroom easier for me to learn at home and so I like I said just now, you learn outside the confines of a classroom. Some of us learn in our own time. That's me. I learn in my own time. I don't learn everything from somebody just teaching me. And so being able to go back over my work from that particular textbook, it made it seem as though, you know, okay, if I got the foundational concept, then I can apply myself and I will get everything else. Even if, you know, challenges might come. But the point is, is that that textbook made me understand the foundation of what I was being taught in high school. And fast forward a couple months later, I registered for chemistry, just the associates at UG. I had no idea what I wanted to do after then. I don't even know why I registered for chemistry. I didn't know where I wanted my career to go. Any, nothing like that I knew about. But I went and I still loved it after the two years and so I continued and at the end of my two years I knew what I wanted to be I knew where um you know where I know I can have an input I know what I loved about chemistry which was for the most part the lab work but obviously you can't have the lab work without knowing the theory so I still have to love the theory but after my second year, I knew that I wanted to go into forensic chemistry because in so doing, I'd still be able to help my country while doing what I love. To help my country in terms of, I've always had a fascination for solving things. I like puzzles, but not riddles, ironically, but solving puzzles, sorry, um, and having an immense love for the crime student investigation shows being able to study chemistry and be able to watch these shows and see what actually drew me into them it made me realize what I loved which was basically the forensic aspect of it the forensic chemistry aspect of it and so at the end of my second year I said I wanted to do forensic chemistry obviously I'm not there yet but I'm hoping that I get there one day definitely but that's how I got into uh, chemistry. And for the mo most part, that's what made me found the STEM Girl Glow because I allowed my perception of thinking that something is hard to basically prevent me from wanting to pursue it. I allowed my, the outlook a society had of somebody who would have loved maths or loved the sciences or loved computers to have an impact of how I viewed myself or how I didn't want to be viewed in terms of the term nerd. Uh, but, and then I realized throughout my years of studying as well, and you know, looking at stuff online and these things that it, 
it was common among many girls. And the, the, the statistics is very high for girls who do not want to pursue these areas of study because of the stereotypes or because of the thing that it's hard. And so my inspiration stemmed from my own story because I understood where they were coming from. But I also understood that it's not so, right? You can be a female pursuing these areas of study and you don't have to be viewed this way even or view yourself this way, even if society wants to view you that way. But really and truly, our dynamics in the world is changing now, definitely. We have so many women and so many girls who are pursuing these areas of study. But for STEM Girl Glow, I wanted it to be founded. I wanted it to be based really in the rural areas of Guyana. And so that's why I started with Burbies and I would have went to Kukwani because I'm from Burbies and much of the opportunities that I got in my career and my academic studies was from Georgetown. Us in Burbies are not usually given that opportunity and girls in rural areas as well are not given that opportunity. And so when I went to, when we had the camp in Burbies as well as in Kokwani, it was amazing. It was really amazing to, you know, share with these young ladies the opportunities that they can have or the skills that they possess that they, that they are yet to basically discover and how smart they are. And, you know, one of the things that we also need to remember is that when we're talking about STEM, a person doesn't, doesn't always have to be book smart. They can be skill smart. They can be persons who can fix things with their hands that some of us who love the books can't even, uh, can't even think of doing basically, but they're still super smart. And so I would have encountered many young ladies like that in both Burbies and Kukwani who possess those skills in STEM. And so STEM Girl Glow was, is basically encouraging young women who have that calling for STEM education, for STEM careers and slash professions to basically glow and glow beyond the stereotypes that society might pose on you in terms of our rural areas in Guyana as well. And it may be the same in other countries around the world. We tend to have, you know, especially in these small communities that our girls are only built for being in the home. They're only obligated to deal with duties within the home. And so what I was basically trying to do is for us to see a bit more beyond that, see that our young women have a bit more to offer society than what's in the home alone right that they too can study they too can study and be in the home because in my home it's not just about studying you still have to do the duties cooking and cleaning and everything you still have to know it right and so for me it all ties into the changing dynamics of our world more and more women are being able to balance both some of them may be choosing to just go with you know the education aspect of it but that's where STEM Girl Glow came from. And it's my hope that it'll continue down that path as well. And that's also why I chose it for Miss, for Miss Guyana.
because girls look up to somebody who is all glamorous and these things and you know I want them to ensure that it is not just about the glam but you know there's more to it than that we have a lot more to offer the world than our outer appearance basically and I guess coming from somebody who is in the spotlight somebody who they can look up to it might resonate a whole lot more definitely okay thank you for that very important insight into um stem girl glow um so i'm guessing that your dream career is to be a forensic scientist correct <laughs> okay that's very nice <laughs> thank you. oh bradley <laughs> i'm sorry uh jordan thank you so much for sharing with us on your journey uh, I do hope that this story inspires someone because it does inspire me to get up. I mean, like you mentioned, it is going to be difficult, but you want this, so you have to go after it. So, yeah, that's yeah. true. Definitely. So, again, thank you for accepting our invitation and for sharing your story. So, our audience, be sure to follow us on social media that is on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Anchor, and Spotify. Thank you again. Thank you, Jalen. Thank you. Thank you, both of you. Thank you very much.